Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's our 705th day together in the Word of God, and we're back in Isaiah for Isaiah 25. One of my favorite chapters in the whole book of Isaiah is on tap for us today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you have done for us in Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior, the Redeemer of your people, the hope of all the ends of the earth. Father, write your word on our hearts today as we spend time in Isaiah 25. May it be rich, powerful, clear, and life-changing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah 25. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure, for you have made the city a heap, the fortified city a ruin, the foreigner's palace is a city no more, it will never be rebuilt, therefore strong peoples will glorify you, cities of ruthless nations will fear you. For you have been a stronghold to the poor, a stronghold to the needy in his distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm against a wall, like heat in a dry place. You subdue the noise of the foreigners as heat by the shade of a cloud, so the song of the ruthless is put down. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, and rich food full of marrow, of aged wine, well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. For the hand of the Lord will rest upon this mountain, and Moab shall be trampled down in his place, as straw is trampled down in a dunghill, and he will spread out his hands in the midst of it, as a swimmer spreads his hands out to swim. But the Lord will lay low his pompous pride, together with the skill of his hands, and the high fortification of his walls. He will bring down, lay low, and cast to the ground, to the dust." That is Isaiah 25. We're in a very sweet portion of the book of Isaiah. We had some oracles against the nations, and some of those were kind of difficult to figure out what was going on, and they were kind of challenging, and language was kind of obscure, and they were referring to people and events that were, frankly, far removed from our lives and where we live. We still made application. But here, in 24 and 25, we have a universal statement of the final triumph of God over evil. In 24, that we looked at a couple days ago, it was the universal judgment 
of all evil and an end to all evil throughout the world. All the rebellion of humanity, all the evil will be judged. Here, it's the final and full deliverance of all of God's people from all of their enemies, even the last enemy to be destroyed, which is death. And that will come on that day when the Lord Jesus returns as well. So this is a song of praise. One of the reasons why this is one of my favorite chapters in Isaiah is it's very psalmic. I love the Psalms, as you probably know. And this is very much opens like a psalm. Oh Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name for you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. That, that verse, verse one, is like things we read in the Psalms. It's, it's a declaration that the Lord, Yahweh, the great I am, he is my God, right? No other gods will do. There's one true God, and the one true God, the Lord, is my God. And so my response to having him as my God is I will exalt him and I will praise him. Why? Because he's done wonderful things. Wonderful things is a, a reference in the Hebrew Bible to those supreme divine acts of intervention where God saves his people and works deliverance for them in the earth. So the parting of the Red Sea and the, the delivering of Israel out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, out of the land of slavery, the parting of the Jordan River and the bringing in of the 12 tribes into the promised land, the defeat of the Canaanite cities and the distribution of the promised land into the hands of the people of God, the downfall of their enemies who attacked them. These are all wonderful things, but there is one supremely wonderful thing that is being celebrated above all of those here in chapter 25. And well, <clears throat> the context here seems to be of a military victory, right? There's a city, the city of the enemy, the fortified city, the foreigner's palace, you can imagine Nineveh, the great city of the Assyrians, or you can imagine Babylon, the great city of the Babylonian Empire, and these cities that are strong and powerful and that have used their strength and their power to oppress God's people. Well, the people who are oppressed have found, have found refuge in God. Verse 4, you have been a stronghold to the poor. So the, the contrast is between the fortified city of the world's empires and then the stronghold that God himself is to the poor and to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. Where are you finding your refuge? Where do you go when your heart is troubled? Where do you go when you are in distress? Where do you go when you are in need? Do you run to politics? Do you run to finances and, and try to get more money? Do you run to entertainment and distractions? Do you run to some substance that might dull your awareness and, and get you inebriated? What, what is it that you're trusting in and running to? That's who your God is. And if the Lord is my God, then when I am poor, when I am needy, when I am in distress, I will run to him. And he stands in stark contrast to the fortified cities, to the strongholds and places of the world where people seek refuge. All of those things are like the breath of the ruthless. It's like a storm against a wall. If you're hiding behind a wall, a strong wall, you're not really worried about the storm that's coming because you're safe. 
or like heat in a dry place. Heat in a dry place evaporates quickly. The noise of foreigners is subdued by God. Ultimately, all of the troubles, all of the enemies, all of the oppression of God's people will be silenced by God, will be absolutely dispelled. How? Why? Because on this mountain, it's a reference to Mount Zion, it's a reference to Jerusalem, it's a reference to the city of God. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well-refined. What is that a reference to? I think it's a reference to salvation. That is the banquet spread by God in Jerusalem when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead, and he offers himself as life to the world. Jesus himself is a feast for all the nations to come and receive salvation. But then when Jesus comes again, he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all the peoples, the veil that is spread over all the nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. This is a hint that God's people, when, when Christ returns, right, on this great day, that God's people will be more than just the people of Israel because they will be people all over the world. They will be a people among all the peoples of the earth. They will be a people found among all the nations of the earth, and death will be swallowed up forever. And on that day, the people of God all over the world will rejoice and will say, Behold, this is our God. You know, my ancestors, when Psalm, when Isaiah 25, see I said Psalm because it's so psalmic, when Isaiah 25 was written, the prophet Isaiah was ministering in 710 BC, probably about when this was written. My ancestors in the far north of Europe were, were tree-worshipping, pagan, human-sacrificing, darkness-entrenched unbelievers, Gentiles of Gentiles, the worst of pagans. And yet, when the gospel came, those people were set free from a life of human sacrifice and endless warfare and fear of false gods, and they were set free to know and love the Lord. And ultimately, all of God's people all over the world, no matter what tribe, tongue, people, or nation, when Jesus comes again, they will say, Behold, this is our God. We've waited for him that he might save us. We, we have been saved by him in the past, and yet we are waiting for him to save us when he comes again. We've been saved from the penalty of sin. We've been saved from the punishment of death that we deserve for our sin. But one day we'll be saved from the very presence of sin in our lives and from the very shadow of death because death will be swallowed up and the Lord will have the victory forevermore. The Lord is going to lay low all the pompous pride of the earth. Verse 11 tells us, All of the fortifications that people hide themselves behind, all of the things that people take refuge in and think will save them, all money, all military might, all political power, all international coalitions, all everything that people choose instead of God will be 
crumble to the dust. And we, the people of God, will say, this is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. I hope your heart is longing for that day. And I hope that your longing for that day motivates you to take the gospel to more tribes and tongues and peoples and nations that the world may know that he may be great to the ends of the earth and that more people may be brought into his kingdom for the glory of his name. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for swallowing up death in your son, Jesus Christ. Death has been defeated in the resurrection of Jesus. Death will be finally swallowed up when Jesus comes again and we are all resurrected or transformed into our eternal bodies that are made like Christ forevermore. We long for that day. We look forward to that day. We rejoice in anticipation of that day. And we pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, that is Isaiah 25. A wonderful chapter. Hope it was a blessing to you. Tomorrow, we're going to move right into chapter 26. Hope you can join me for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord.